horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Hope you have a great Easter. Happy birthday. You name it. Any celebration that's your favorite of the year is happening this week. And what are we talking about? Well, it's fairly obvious. It's the opening not only of where the surf meets the turf at Del Mar, but for racing under the ancient elms at the spa at Saratoga. Yes, it all begins this week, ladies and gentlemen. A magical time of the season where you can go to the best in the east, to the best of the west. There's going to be graded stakes races as far as the eye can see. This is just a marvelous time of the year. It's going to run pretty much through Labor Day, and you're going to see the best of a best. Hopefully, I can get some of the best handicappers on the show to help you. But with all that sensational racing, remember, you're going to be betting into large pools. So you can make wagers that are going to slide under the radar. A big bet's not going to hurt you. And, of course, we can all use a friend. And your friend, well... He's telling you right now, go to winningponies.com because the easy win forms will be your friend at both these meets and, of course, others. I mean, you know, I mean, Gulfstream's still running. I had two nice hits earlier this week. On the 12th, we had a $2 pick six that paid $2,996. And three days later on the 15th, a $1 super high five that paid $2,357. And let's not forget our banjo playing friends at Mountaineer 15th and 16th at a $1 super box that paid $2,646 and a $1 super key a day later $2,644 winningponies.com the easy win forms it's just that easy now with the spa opening up who do we have to help us well none other than the man that will be working until the wee hours of the morning every day until after labor day and that's none other than tom law who's the managing editor of st publishing and of course they put out the saratoga special with the clancy brothers and some great recruits that they bring in the excellent photography of todd marks uh they're on the backstretch every day get notes and quotes and they turn it all around in 24 hours and it's the ink is still sticky on the publication when you stop by Stewart's to get your cup of coffee in the morning and pick up the Saratoga special. So we're going to have Tom Law with us and I really thank him for taking time out of his uh, busy busy schedule especially with opening day on Friday. And uh, we're going to look at races from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, It's such a big uh, week of racing there at the Spa. I hope they get good weather. And then um, we're going to have a first-time starter on the show, Jonathan Littner. Uh, He made uh, the rare transition from public relations and marketing back to journalism. And he took over from my friend, Brian Zipsy, who I saw at Indiana Downs this weekend, as the editor of Horse Racing Nation. He, he's a young man, and I think that's the angle we're going to take with Jonathan is kind of 
and not only how he got in the game and what he brings to the game as somebody that continues to learn about uh, racing and handicapping, uh, but uh, what he sees for the future and what he sees for people of his age. If you go to the website and see a picture of him, uh, you'll see that he's not exactly long in the tooth like yours truly. So Jonathan Littner and Tom Law will be our guest tonight on Winning Ponies. Uh, Well, speaking of Saratoga, when I was a young boy, you've heard the story a million times of me going up there and running around like a little turf rat, and uh, you could walk back with the jockeys and stuff. One of the classiest guys there was a rider by the name of Manuel Yakaza. One of the first best brownie photos pictures I have is of Manny Yakaza, and he was one of the greats that raced up there. And... uh, He's kind of heralded as being one of the first Latin American riders, or certainly one that made it big, that brought along other Latin American riders, opened the door for them. Uh, he is a Hall of Fame jockey, and uh, he died Monday in New York at the age of 80. They said he died of pneumonia and sepsis, but it was peaceful and is surrounded by his family. Now, you might have to look up the racery books, but among the major races run by Manny uh, were the 1964 Belmont Stakes on Quadrangle. Four times he won the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, the first Triple Crown uh, for Phillies with Dark Mirage in 1968, and he went back-to-back runnings of the Washington, D.C. International. That, that was one of the country's biggest turf races. Uh, rode great horses such as Dr. Fager, uh, Damascus. It was 1977 when he was inducted into the National Museum of Racing at Saratoga Springs, and the award that so many jacks like to win because it's voted on by their brethren is the prestigious George Wolf Memorial Award in 1964. Now, his real name was Carlos Manuel de Yacaza. He's from Panama, and uh, he was the son of a bus driver who used to be uh, a jockey. And then uh, he did a brief stint in Mexico, and then Manny uh, came to the U.S. in 1956, and he got attention right away, winning major stakes uh, from all over. Uh, now, remember, he's a Panamanian rider, so think, think of the guys that followed in his footsteps. Braulio Beza, Latfipin Kai Jr., Jorge Velasquez, Jacinto Vasquez, Alex Solis, and Rene Douglas to move it up into modern days. Uh, but he was such a class actor. I remember just the way he was, uh, the way he, uh, you know, sat in the saddle. Uh, now, he was uh, known to uh, make holes, uh, sometimes maybe where they well, weren't. Uh, he's kind of hot-headed and sometimes overly aggressive. Uh I guess the race that uh, typified that the most was uh, during the narrow defeats of Rydan and 62 Preakness and the Travers. And one of the most famous photos in racing history uh, depicts Yakaza on Rydan sparring with Johnny Rotts on the victorious Greek money in the stretch run of the Preakness. This was one tough cookie. So uh, Manny Yakaza, he was a pretty hip guy. Uh, he ended up uh, um, marrying a, a pretty girl who uh, had been crowned Miss USA and Miss Universe. Uh, they had uh, two children uh, together. So, uh, but uh, he even after he retired a little bit, went into standard bread uh, racing. So. Uh, as far as Saratoga's concerned, four times he won the title there, breaking the 38-year-old record um, in 1959 by riding 41 winners. Now, remember, the meet back then 
was only four weeks long, and they didn't race every day. So long may you ride in heaven, Manny Yakaza. Okay, well, Justify, what's the update? Well, kind of sounds like time could be running out for Justify's return to the races. Uh, they've already said that even though he's stable at Del Mar, he's not going to run there and uh, may not be training there, which tells us that it doesn't give much time for a prep race. Of course, the, the first uh, target would be the Breeders' Cup Classic. And uh, after that, perhaps the Pegasus. But uh, Baffert, even he brings him out and he meets with the media as he always does. But, you know, the Travers is out. And uh, he said they're not going to know if he's going to race past the Breeders' Cup Classic. And then he kind of says, as uh, Jay Proofman said, uh, the worst kept secret in the sport is that he's ticketed to Coolmore, America, where Baffert's other Triple Crown winner, American Pharaoh, resides. And uh, Baffert even said, he's so valuable as a stallion, we don't want him to get hurt. We'll know more in a couple of weeks. Right now, he's day by day. So, a couple of weeks, no times for a prep race. I've seen, we think we've seen the last to justify in competition. It should not be take away his greatness all right now this one was a surpriser i'd been at a meeting all day today got home popped up the uh, racing form and here's one of the headlines leading owner paolucci getting out of racehorse ownership as you know ron paolucci has been on the show several times he's a very exciting guy he's very enthusiastic and passionate about his horses and horse racing uh but uh, he said i thought about it long and hard life's too short i want to enjoy my life and i'm not getting enough enjoyment out of life as a horse owner i'm definitely getting out he said i've had enough and so you've seen his uh, bright yellow lime silks uh, all over North America from coast to coast. Last year, he ranked second behind end zone with uh, 122 wins. And uh, this year, I believe he's second. Uh, you might recall he kind of broke onto the scene. Uh, it was uh, in the, uh, uh, the, the Breeders' Cup. With Rhea Antonio at 32 to 1, she not only won that race via disqualification, but he had a pretty large bet on her at 32 to 1. And right now, he's got about 125 active racehorses in the United States with various trainers. So I'm going to miss him. I really am. He, he was a breath of fresh air. All right, real quick, we've only got a couple minutes left in this segment before we get to Jonathan. Multiple Group 1 winner Lady Arulia has been retired. Uh, the uh, first American-trained horse to win a Cartier Award, that's like the eclipse of all eclipse over in Europe, uh, has been retired. Uh, they say it's uh, not a major injury or anything like that. They just, uh, she's sound and doing well, and they she's been great to everybody, and she just retires as one of the great ones for sure. Uh, you know, and of course, she started out as a two-year-old winning at Keeneland and then uh, went over to Europe. It was one of those horses that really, uh, you know, stamped herself in American racing as being able to uh, compete at Ascot. And uh, Gordon Ward, I thought it was interesting, says, I was probably a bit, sel- a bit selfish, and he, Ward lobbied to keep her going. He says, she's so sound, kicking in her stall, feeling so good. I still felt there was more running in her. I wanted to get her running, and I thought that, you know, 
a race at Keeneland. If she could have rebounded, would have set her up for a Breeders' Cup. But stands by the owner's decision uh, to uh, retire her. So we will miss uh, Lady Aurelia. But she uh, represented us well across the pond, shall we say. Hey, uh, keep your eye out uh, if you're handicapped in Saratoga for a horse by the name of Southern Phantom. This is an interesting, well-bred thoroughbred, but he has a white head and blue eyes. He was born in 2016 in Midway, Kentucky, and I don't know if you've seen any pictures of him, but you've got to check him out. He's, he's a son of Bodie Meister out of a Bernardini mare, and uh, so uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting. He'll, he will definitely stand out in a two-year-old race at Saratoga, uh, so he's going to be going from social media star to racehorse. Now, of course, uh, we like to always thank our friends, our sponsor, uh, Woodbine, and keep an eye on the racing in Canada, Wonder Godot, who's turning out to be a wonderful horse, uh, is scaring a lot of horses away from the Prince of Wales. They say it might be a an eight field that'll be going to Fort Erie for the 83rd running of the $400,000 Prince of Wales stakes on July 24th. They're saying anywhere from five to eight runners. This is like the second jewel of their triple crown. Okay, real quick, the races last week, uh, I want to thank Tammy Knox and all the people at Indiana Grand. Uh, they, they were great to us. And But the Indiana Derby, what a race that turned out to be. And a big surprise, it was a big day for the Frenchman. Uh, Florent Giroux and uh, Mr. Leparou dominated the stakes program. The winner, nose and out of horse trained by a friend of mine, Axelrod got up at 12 to 1, paying 26.80. Had never raced uh, anywhere except for the West Coast, trained by Mike McCarthy, Giroux in the saddle. Hats off to Mike Roan and trigger warning. As a matter of fact, that's how I started reading the name of uh, uh, Jonathan Littner, a nice story he wrote about the trainer, Mike Roan, who uh, has been having a sensational meet. Trigger warning just got caught at the wire. And ladies and gentlemen, remember this name. Talk view to me, a Rudolph Brousette, three-year-old filly by violence. What a gorgeous horse. She's dancing with the big girls, and she dominated the Indiana Oaks. All right, that's a look at national news and last week's racing that we handicapped here on Winning Ponies. Going to take a quick break. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, as I told you at the top of the show, uh, we're going to have Jonathan Linter. Now, uh, Jonathan, he called me up the other day for some information, some photos on a story he was doing uh, on Mike Roan. We just talked about uh, briefly about trigger warning on the show. And uh, he did a story on Mike. I was able to send him some of the photos we have here, and I was happy to do it. And like I said, he took over as the editor of HorseRacingNation.com. And uh, so I called him and talked to him and uh, saw some of the things he was doing and said, hey, we got to get you on the show. But like I told you, if you go to the website, you'll see that – this guy uh, doesn't have much gray hair, I can tell you that. He's uh, one of the younger guys in the business right now. And uh, so we get talking to each other. And it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know why. I think I know you. W- were you a- after the Breeders' Cup at the party with uh, Jenny and Jesse? And he's like, yeah, you crashed in my room. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Jonathan Littner. Jonathan, welcome to Winning Ponies. Good to have you on. Yeah, thank you. That was yeah, it's a pretty good story. <laughs> very true, very true. Well, uh, uh, before I, I get into a couple things that I want to touch on, uh, particularly, uh, I started getting uh, emails and text messages from people saying, "Hey, did you read that story about Mike Rohn? Uh it, it was a good one. Uh, I didn't know how open Mike would be uh, about his about his uh, life because we know it's had its ups and downs, and did. Did he just bring that up, or did you know it and kind of pursue that uh, that angle that made the story oh so special? No, I, I didn't know about it when I called him. Um, all, all I knew is he had this one horse uh, trigger warning, and, and obviously from the Ohio Derby when it's eighty six to one or whatever it was, and was third and, and blew up the trifecta there, and then to come back in the Ohio Derby and you know obviously wasn't running like an 86 to one horse looked like a horse that could probably move forward. So I was calling like, Hey, are you thinking you might go to New York with this horse or, or, you know, there are some bigger spots. So it started with that. And, you know, by the time I got off the phone with him, I was like, Oh, I've, I've got to write a story about this guy. So uh, I had never heard of him outside of this horse and, and it just kind of worked out that way. Um, but yeah, it was, you never know when you call somebody kind of what their story is. And it's, it's kind of rare, I think in racing, just because all the names are so established. Um, you know, you know, the backstory of almost everybody, but when there's somebody new who comes along, you know, you might as well call them up and see, see what their story is. Well, you know, just so we don't keep our, uh, our audience in the dark, can you give a thumbnail sketch of what it was you found out about Mike? Yeah. Well, he just kept talking about, doing everything right and he said he had hit rock bottom twice in his life and that then I got to be like well what does that mean so I, I think he 
he had, you know, his, his fair share of problems and, and he was pretty open about talking about them. Um, and then I, I guess it, you know, it was just translated. It, it was sort of like the Pat Day story, which I think, you know, you said that to me the other day. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, it's like he's the Pat Day of trainers, obviously at a different level at this point, but uh, in terms of how he's completely changed his life, I think it was just a similar story. Well, uh, I'm looking at uh, Horse Racing Nation right now. Looch is over it. Uh, so there's, you've got you right on top of the, another story that's close to me. I brought it up earlier in the show. We've had him on the show a lot. He's a great guy. He calls me at the drop of a dime to, you know, you know, all of a sudden I'll see one of his horses in a grade one and he, he's always doing different things like, uh, bringing, uh, you know, uh, veterans that had never been to Saratoga. He had a contest and flew uh, several people in and got him a box seat on the finish line at Saratoga. Uh, there's a lot to this guy. And then, of course, a lot of times he runs entries and he'll put a rabbit in, but guys have been doing that for our, you know 200 years in horse racing. But uh, there's certain powers to be that tried to uh, to squash uh, you know Ron, Ron Paolucci. And like he said, he says, well, if my name was uh, Phipps, Chad Brown, or Bob Baffert, you know, they wouldn't even raise a question about that and i understand you had a chance to talk with ron paolucci today too that's a pretty big story yeah when, when that came out i was surprised just because of how i guess vocal he is on everything so you, you know you would think there'd be some precursor to the guy who's always on twitter and is interacting with people like you know oh i've about had enough but um it just kind of came out of nowhere and he says he's gonna disperse all his horses uh, i think you know first of next year and you know, he still has some some decent ones in training, but I you know I don't know that he necessarily has any big stakes horses left because uh, he's you know he doesn't have War Story anymore. But um, yeah, it was interesting, and I, I think it was just a, a July 9th race at, at Thistledown with Game Over, who I think is one of his his favorite horses, and it was like one to five in a coupled entry situation where the other horse in the coupled entry did something wrong, and well, they took Game Over out of first place, and you know the the horse wasn't going to lose the race no matter what the other, you know, the stable mate did. So I think it was a combination of that. You know, he's been denied entry in the Woodward and then the Breeders' Cup. And he even pointed out to me, I, I wasn't aware of it back in 2013, he had a turf horse that he was trying to get into the Breeders' Cup. And he said that the horse said maybe the third most earnings of anybody on the nominations list. And they excluded him from that too. So I think just a lot of things that made him pretty bitter. Um, he said he's going to keep watching the races and, and keep playing the races. I think he's he's obviously made a reputation doing that too. But um, you know, to, to have the second winningest owner in, in North America the last couple of years just up and quit, you know, that, that leaves a big hole in the sport. Well. Uh... I'll, I'll miss him because I thought I thought he he was good for the game. To be honest with you, like I said, there's things he's done behind the scenes. Uh, I know of uh, one place in Ohio where he anonymously uh, made a a donation beyond what he had to uh, to participate, and uh, you know. I just, uh, I'll miss him. I hope he's not bitter. Like you said, I'm glad he's still going to be, you know, playing the horses. Heck, he had a pick six for almost 600,000 within the month. Uh, so the guy knows how to knows how to bet horses, and that's what got turned him on to the game. But uh, I will miss him. He's always been very, very friendly in the paddock. Uh, he treats people well. I was with him uh, last year when he lost a stakes race, and the first thing he did was go up to the winning owner and shake his hand and said, congratulations, that's a good horse you got out there. And he wasn't being facetious. He was like congratulating the guy, you know. Uh, 
you got to like guys like that, and for him to get chased out of the game, I just I don't know if that is that rule. And may you probably don't have the answer that if you run an entry and the horse that finishes up the track causes a problem that your winning horse comes down just because you're one and one a. You know, I, I didn't look that far into it. I was just kind of you know going off the chart and the stewards ruling from that race. I feel like it's different in every state, which is something I brought up to him too. It's like you know you you're talking about all these run-ins that you had, and it's like. One's in New York, one's in Ohio, one's the Breeders' Cup out in California. And, you know, I was kind of like, what do you, what can racing learn from this? You know, that the fact that you're leaving the sport. And he was just like, you know, let people be out of the box if they want to be. I mean, it's a, it's a horse race. And, you know, people still say it's a, about everything else. Well, it's a horse race, meaning anything could happen. And I feel like, you know, the direction the sport is going, the owners that have invested in it, they want predictability. They don't want it to be a horse race. They want to know, okay, spend X and I should get X from that. And they're not really getting that right now. You know, when Ron comes in and, and he wins with a horse that you haven't heard of. So I think that's why, you know, they're kind of protecting their assets and, and he's kind of the only one doing it the way he was. So, yeah, I can understand why, you know, it shakes things up and he doesn't become, you know, he calls it racing's elite, but uh, it's fun to have somebody like that in the sport and just how accessible he is with people. Even after the news today, I think he had a horse running at Gulfstream or something and somebody tweeted at him and was like, hey, is this horse a single? And he goes, I think she'll win, but she's not a single and she won anyway, but it's just stuff like that. You don't really get that from any other owners at this point. Well, I tell you what, uh, I'll, Hopefully, a lot of those horses, because I know he had a lot of Ohio breads, will land back in the state. But he was a uh, racing secretary's dream, because I mean, I you know, I had him on my watch list, and you know, he'd have horses running at three different tracks on any given day on the same day. You know, he was filling races left and right. He was winning races left and right on all levels. You know, it's not like he just went and did a private purchase and won a big stakes race or something. You know, he, he had $8,000 claimers uh, winning on, on a regular basis in some places that have some decent purses. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, I did talk to him one time. He says, John, I don't know if I could take this. He goes, this is like a full-time job. You know, when you got this many horses and you're looking at condition books, I, he says, I try not to get in my trainer's way, but I like to have input into where my horses go. And I also know he's a betting man. Um, it's just a shame we're going to lose them. Well, um, uh, Jonathan, uh, we've only got a couple minutes left. Uh, how did you find your way to to take over for uh, Brian Zipsy uh, with Horse Racing Nation? Well, my uh, my boss, his name is Mark Midland. He used to work at, at Churchill Downs in marketing. He actually, way back when, I guess it was maybe late 90s, invented the, the Kentucky Derby Future Wager. So, um, good ideas guy, and I think he just knew me from the, the Courier Journal, the newspaper there um, in Louisville. So, when he had an opening, it was it was kind of a natural fit. And I've been been doing this since October. Um, you know, we haven't changed a whole lot. I would say that we we try to get people to pick up the phone and make that call because you know, kind of like with that story about Mike, we were talking about. You just never know what you're going to learn from somebody if you don't reach out to them. Um, so definitely trying to do more reporting as opposed to commentary um we're doing more handicapping and i I don't think we're handicapping for the people who are playing the you know eight hundred dollar pick six ticket at santa anita and del mar i think that we're we're there for the two dollar player as well um just somebody who wants to bet the major stakes races and kind of wants to go into it with a little more knowledge than you might get from from reading the forms so 
we're trying to, I guess, appeal to, um, you know, the, the most average fan, but at the same time have the news for, for people who are insiders and, and then just try to cover everybody in the industry. Well, you do a good job and uh, it's, uh, it's quite easy for our audience. Uh, it's one word, www.horseracingnation.com. Com, not horses, horseracingnation.com. Go to it, check it out, because it really is, uh, it's got it's got good photography. Uh, we're, we're talking about things like Bolt the Oro changing barns and what's going on with, with, at, at Saratoga when it's opening, and then different things happening all the way out on the West Coast. Uh, all I can say is you, you guys are doing a good job. Uh, you and the people you work with uh, do an excellent job, and while you don't really talk over anybody's head, you do good do a very good job at uh, delivering uh, news that's important right now. And uh, it moves, it's quick, and people can just click on whatever story they want. And uh, you're doing a good job. What can I say, Jonathan Littner? It's been great having you on. I look forward to seeing you down the road. I'm sure our paths will cross. And remember, if you're ever at a big race, keep the pull-out couch available for me to crash. <laughs> the pull-out? You got, you got a bed. All I get is a oh, pull-out. Oh. I, I forgot, you know, that was a late night, you know. <laughs> when, when you hang out with Jenny right. Reese, uh, it's always a late night, I can tell you that. But it was a good yeah, time. Yeah, trying to keep up. I, 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 Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate your hospitality. That was Jonathan Littner from HorseRacingNation.com. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to the man who lays down the law at Saratoga with his Saratoga special, the one, the only, Tom Law. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, he's uh, always been great about joining us here on Winning Ponies. And even though I know that this is probably one of the busiest days of his life, it's become, uh, I think we're going on our fifth year now, a a tradition, uh, as he's embraced it, of having Tom Law on just before opening day at Saratoga. Tom, you got all your ducks in a row, everything, the presses are rolling, you got your little uh, visor cap on, your sleeves rolled up, you're ready to roll? I am ready to roll, and actually, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but uh, we're actually in tremendously awesome shape right now. The paper is really just about done. It looks like we're going to hit our our deadline with the printer, which is great news. And uh, you know, as we speak, I know you always like this little color. Uh, as we speak, I'm I'm standing out in front of our office right here on East Avenue, which has a great window that overlooks the Oklahoma training track, and it's it's still it's still light out here in Saratoga. Beautiful, warm night no humidity at all and like i'm just sort of standing here and there's a lot of cars and traffic driving by the town is certainly hopping uh and it's everybody's got great anticipation for tomorrow opening day it's hard to believe it's here unbelievable well all i can say is you better have done your homework before you uh uh tackle uh Opening day at Saratoga. Yeah, as you know, I see at Keeneland a lot. It's tough. You've got the best of the best coming in from everywhere, training at different places. Some of them are coming off huge maiden wins. Other ones, as we'll see in the uh, the graded stakes races, uh, shipping in from all across the country. Uh, it, it's absolutely uh, electrifying. It's uh, it, it's it unbelievable. Is. And you know, as much as you and I can try to paint a picture of it. And people are bored of me saying this. You've got to go to understand. One of my best friends started going about four. He hadn't been there. And he started going about four or five years ago. And now it is like a rite of passage. He will not let an August go without he and his wife driving up there and spending about five days. He just he just loves yeah. it. I mean, you, you inhale racing up there, Tom. Oh, it's the talk of the, you know, it's, it's clearly the talk of the town. It's been the talk of the town for, you know, several weeks now. And I think really ever since sort of the post uh, justify winning the Triple Crown, everybody's kind of, there was a lot of buzz about whether he was going to run the Travers or not, you know, whether he's going to come to Saratoga or not. And that buzz kind of has gone away a little bit with some of the recent news about him. But, uh, you know, there's still, it, it, it's not like it went away for the for the meet. Everybody's so excited for the meet, and the, there's there's always so much anticipation, you know. And like you said, you, everybody just sort of eats, breathes, you know, sleeps, anything horse race. It's all horse racing here. Everybody's uh, so into it. And, and you're right. You do really need to be here to uh, get a true appreciation for it. But um, not. Uh, I mean, I can shamelessly plug. You know, that's kind of what we try to do with our paper. Is we try to uh, write our paper for people that are not only here in Saratoga that are seeing the races, but for people that can't get to Saratoga and we can try to capture as much of the flavor and the scene as we can and put it in our paper so people can enjoy it. And, uh, hopefully we do a good job. I know we have a lot of readers that, that read our, read the Saratoga special. They just access it through 
through our main website, thisishorseracing.com, and download it every day. Uh, we actually even we put it up on the put it up on the website that evening when we finished. So as soon as we as soon as we finished and headed sent it off to the printer, we make a digital edition and we put it up there. So it'll be up there, you know, pretty soon. I don't want to say how long it'll be, but it might be it might be up there in two hours. Well, I, I need to do a quick aside here. I need you to do me a favor. Um, Absolutely. You, you're talking about you know people that can't maybe make it there. Through the eye of Todd Marks, he does an outstanding job of his photography. I don't know when that guy sleeps because he's got photos from daybreak to sunset. And uh, as a, uh, well, continuing uh, equine photographer, uh, I understand what goes into it, but his work is just sensational. And do this for me, Tom. I know you're going to cross paths with tomorrow. Say, hey, I talked to an old veteran equine photographer that says your photo on the cover of the mid-Atlantic thoroughbred of Justify is the best photo of Justify he's seen all year. I will tell him. I will tell him that he'll be he'll be excited to hear that. And uh, yeah, Todd does a a tremendous job. I was chatting a little bit with him today, and he's he's done every year of the Saratoga Special. So he comes up here uh, every year since 2001, and I know he's come up here for a lot longer than that. Uh, and you know, like you said, he's just uh, he's a pro like you. He's a great photographer, just like you are, and he uh, he, he has passion for it. And I think that's. Uh, you know, any anybody that is really successful at what they do, it's because they have a great passion for it. And and Todd, Todd fits in that group. And you know, my uh, my colleagues uh, Sean and Joe Clancy, who who founded the paper, are the same way. And I like to, you know, I have great passion for it myself. And it's uh, it's fun to go to work. I took a picture today. I was following a horse uh, at the track that was coming off training in one of these big shady areas that we have all over the place here in the stable area. And I. I texted it off to my friend and I was like, man, I, my job is really rough, <laughs> you know? And I was like, and they, they texted me back like how jealous they were. And I just thought that was, uh, you know, sometimes I just have to like be like, yeah, this is work, but it's also, it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, really. It's like, you're almost like stepping into a movie uh, as it's uh, being made. Um, real quick, Tom, uh, just to, if you can describe, how you guys put this whole edition together in the and the time allotted to have it out tomorrow morning? Sure. I mean, so right we, now we, you've you know, had a couple of days, but I mean, once the racing starts, I mean, it's bing bada boom. Yeah, we, we've had we've been working on the first issue for a few days now. We kind of gather a lot of ideas and stories and tidbits, and we do a stable tour. We have a lot of quotes of the day in there, and columns and previews of things, but. Tomorrow, when the day's races start, like our day will start early, you know, 6, 7 in the morning, going out, watching horses train, and kind of working on preview-type stuff for Saturday's card, maybe Sunday's card. And then we'll go maybe do a visit with one of the trainers, do a stable tour, go go through the shed row and talk to all the horses. Then kind of have a little bit of time in the morning to start riding, start handicapping the next day's card. Then the races start. We have a whole team of riders. Uh, there are a lot of interns, a lot of college students or just out of college that will be at the races all day, every day, covering every single race, not necessarily writing about every single race, but trying to find the cool story angles. They'll write little stories, little short little recaps on races that we think are interesting. Then Sean, Joe, or myself, or all three of us will go up for the day's 
stakes races, you know, whether there's one race, sometimes there's two, sometimes there's four or five, sometimes there's a lot. We'll go up there and we'll cover those races. And the interns will sometimes cover the stakes races with us. And then after the stakes races are over, we'll come back to the office, transcribe our notes, go through all our other notes, write a story recap of the stakes race, have it paged up by 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, uh, proofread, read, proofread again, out the door, hopefully by 10 o'clock, make the digital edition, send out an email blast, and boom, we're done, and then we do it all again the next day. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's, it, sounds like, it sounds like a grueling long day, but there are stretches in the middle parts of the day where we, we have time to go have lunch or we have time to have a little meeting and talk about what we're going to do in the next few issues. Uh, but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, it's a long, a long day, but, uh, you know, we make up for it in, uh, in, in the rest of the year when we kind of have, you know, things are maybe a little bit slower for us. Obviously, uh, we, we don't, uh, we don't operate and I wouldn't want to operate at that pace for 365 days. I think that would no. be impossible. And I don't think it, I don't think the work would, would be as good. And, and as you know, there's not always the, not always the subject matter to cover. So, um, that's, that's kind of how we do it. It's, it's a lot of fun. We kind of have it streamlined. Uh, we get better at it as the meat goes on, it seems like. And, um, you know, there's always some hiccups along the road. But, but uh, you know, it's fun. And, and we, get to meet, we get to meet the coolest horses and the, the best people. And, you know, it's, and, and people really seem to really like our, our publication. And we do it for them and we do it for the horsemen. So it's a lot of fun. Well, uh, we're talking with Tom Law, who's uh, part of the team that puts out the Saratoga Special. Tom, one of the one of the nice things I like, it's just kind of like taking a little break in between reading your stories, is some of the side notes you do, uh, quotes of the day, uh, you know... Th- that's pretty neat. I, I gotta guess almost everybody's kind of got their ear fired up for. Oh, I got that. I gotta put that in for quote of the day. Always, you know. Always, I tell. I always tell the reporters that are kind of working for me and working alongside us. We're like, did you get any good quotes today? You know, like, and then everybody's always kind of like trying to compile as many good ones as they can, just because it's like some days it's great and it's a you know it's like a waterfall of, of great information and great little quips and tidbits and everything some days it's kind of funny we were even talking like nobody really said anything funny today you know <laughs> certain days so it's, <laughs> it's uh you know but we get a big uh we have a huge file of stuff that uh we start to accumulate as the meat goes on and you know we pretty much use almost everything that we can and uh during the course of the during the course of the meat i'll i'll often acquire a lot of like both funny and sort of maybe even emotional or just sort of, you know, serious or sincere kind of things that don't ever make it into print with an article that we do in the Saratoga Special, but I might use it uh, in the off-season. Um, so, you know, we're always, we're always reporting and always kind of using that stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm glad people like that. I, I know it's some of the most popular uh, sections of the paper. It's obviously right up front in the what we call the here and there section where we have, like, you know, we see, like, license plates all over town. We're like, oh, look at that. There's a license plate that says Seattle Flu. Or, oh, there's a license plate that says, you know, Exacta. And we put it in there, and people kind of think it's funny. And people call us all the time, like, you put my license plate in the paper. So it's, uh, think, yeah. it's fun. We try to make it a community, and, you know, we're, we're the paper for the people, you know. So it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. It is. It is. And it, it's kind of uh, 
a fun part of reading the Saratoga special is like all of a sudden you kind of unearth a gem or, and because a lot of these quotes that, uh, and I hope our listeners uh, go to it, um, <clears throat> might just be something that weren't part of an interview or anything like that. Just somebody's that makes a comment or says something as a side or is, is, you know, busting the balls of somebody on the backstretch. Yep. You guys just happen yep. to be there to cover it. It's great. <laughs> Oh, yeah. People all the time are like, don't put that in the paper. You know? <laughs> don't say, you know, as soon as they say that, like, they're in trouble, right? <laughs> then they're in, right? Then we're always like, you're in now. <laughs> so, you know, and sometimes people are like, you haven't put anything that I said in the paper this year. I'm like, well, you haven't said anything funny. <laughs> you know, so we kind of, we give them some zingers and stuff, too. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great fun. But, yeah, you're right. It is a lot of times just sort of like, we're a fly on the wall sometimes, or we just happen to be standing on the rail with somebody and we kind of overhear them talking. And, you know, obviously we're not going to, we, we always try to make it like lighthearted or funny comments. Like if, if people are doing business deals, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not trying to, right. we're not trying to solve Watergate or anything like that. You know, uh, we, we are serious journalists and I think we could do really serious journalist journalism work. If we wanted to, and we do with mid Atlantic thoroughbred. Um, but the special is, uh, is kind of the, the fans, fans slash horsemen paper, and for the most part, and almost you know, pretty much positive, and trying to highlight the good stuff about our game, which there's there's a lot of good there's a lot of good about our game. Well, you do that, and anybody who's listening to Tom Law can tell that he exudes a positive vibe. Well, Tom, let's move on to Friday opening day. Pretty exciting. First of all, what's the weather report for the weekend? Looking good. Uh, from what I understand, maybe a little bit warmer uh, tomorrow than it was today. I think today was like in the 80s, uh, maybe mid-80s tomorrow, but beautiful. No humidity at all, so no, no real rain at all in the forecast, I think, tomorrow or Saturday. Maybe a system kind of moving in, they said, on Sunday. So chances of maybe a wet track on Sunday for the coaching club American Oaks, which kind of is a bummer with, uh, with uh, Midnight Basu in there and uh, Monomoy Girl, of course, Kentucky Oaks winner, Monomoy Girl running on Sunday. But uh, I haven't gotten past uh, Friday's card, to be totally honest with you. I looked at the stakes uh, for Saturday, but uh, I know that I have Good. Friday's well, card. Well, that's what I'm going to quiz you yeah. on, my friend. Uh, well, well, let's start with tomorrow. Uh, the Schuylerville, mm-hmm. it's, it's a grade three for promising two-year-old fillies. They'll be asked to go six furlongs. And I'm glad to see it. It uh, drew a field of 10. Of course, it's a, a race with a lot of history in it. And uh, it looks like uh, Mr. Cassie has a, a pretty full hand in here. It uh, could be a father versus son thing, but the name Cassie keeps uh, popping up. And uh, obviously down on the rail, uh Catherine the Great, who's been uh, pretty well backed in her only two starts, uh, improved. Uh, she, it'll be interesting if she finally gets on a fast track because she really excelled on a sloppy track at Gulfstream. Uh, her first race, she ran second, and then the, the horse that beat her came back and won her next race, which isn't bad for a two-year-old. And then uh, Catherine the Great came back and recorded the, the top buyer figure of all these two-year-old fillies. Looks like she's got uh, pretty decent speed and probably won't get shut off at the rail if all things break well. A uh, guy by the name of Jose Ortiz will be in the saddle. I, I say when in doubt, and I'll, 
if you're betting New York, if you can find the name Ortiz on a horse, it's probably a decent way to go. So Catherine the Great looks like a strong horse in there. And then I, I kind of like horses that got a little bit of odds. I like this uh, Saragheny Express with Javier Castellano coming in from Indiana. I know you're scratching your head there, but, uh, you know, this horse has had uh, good gate experience in mud. Obviously, the word was out on this horse. It was bet down to one to five in its debut. Uh, Tom Amos has won his fair share of races. He's killing it in 2018, batting 28%. And then uh, I kind of like this, uh, the, the outside horses, uh, particularly Blame the Frog, another horse uh, that uh, is coming in off a sloppy effort. But uh, this horse has never been worse than second, and that by a neck. And comes out of a bullet work at Keeneland, uh, won its last race at Churchill Downs. Very consistent, was odds on. But again, it's a hot day at Saratoga, two-year-old fillies. You like anybody in here? You know, the horse, I, I like the three that you mentioned. You you landed on a, a lot of the logical horses. I mean, Catherine the Great's obviously a deserving favorite. She gets those their teeth, like you said, can't beat that uh, from the rail. I actually like the horse one spot outside of her, Nona Madeline, which is huh? Todd Fletcher's horse. Uh, come what, broke her main at Monmouth last time, and uh, you know takes I guess what you might call a step up. I mean she was odds on in that race, uh, didn't didn't break that great, so she came from a little bit off of it. And uh, I think I like to see a horse that kind of shows some versatility in that way. Cause I, I, you know these two year old Philly stakes, you know I don't know if they're going to go gate to wire in a race like this. So I like maybe her stalking kind of trip with John Velasquez. And it's funny uh, I talked to Pletcher today. He's actually won the. Uh, Schuylerville six times and yes. three of those times he won it with a horse that a filly that broke her maiden first time out at Monmouth and then her next race was the Schuylerville now I know that 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 has really nothing to do with this horse tomorrow but it kind of does I mean it's a it's a it's a pattern that's worked for him in the past and uh you know I like it in here and and maybe I don't know she may be a little bit of a price uh, if if Catherine the Great takes a little bit of money, but uh, Nona Madeline is my pick in the in the Skylerville. All right. Well, uh, the boys' version of the Skylerville will be run on Saturday, and that is the Sanford. I uh, was there the first time Steve Cawthon rode a horse by the name of Affirmed and won the Sanford Stakes. Still got my photos, Tom. And uh, it's a six furlong affair. Uh, There's only one horse uh, I can see that's coming out of a stake, and that's Sumbia, who's Todd Pletcher, Javier Castellano, coming off a bullet work at Saratoga and just missed. I like the, the trouble line. Stumbled at the start and closed well rare to see a pletcher horse going off at almost eight to one in that race i don't have the odds uh for the sanford but certainly that's a horse uh, that 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 you've got to look at and uh <clears throat> after that man it's like all horses that have exhibited solid talent in their first race you're just kind of looking for an angle like maybe first lasix on whiskey esco i read ortiz yes look at that name ladies and gentlemen you're going to see a lot of it at saratoga you you got your ear to the ground anything about the two-year-olds and the boys uh, side of things well i went to uh, i went and chatted with the ben colebrook today uh who trains the three uh nicks go who won uh first time out at ellis park and a lot of times you'd be like, Ellis Park, you know, kind of like you said in the last race where Indiana, Indiana Grand, you might be scratching your head. You might be scratching your head at Ellis Park, but the last few years, Ellis Park's actually produced some pretty good 
uh, two-year-old form with uh, horses trained by Steve Asmussen and, and Dale Romans over the last few years, free, free drop Billy, um, looking at Lee, horses that came out of Ellis as two-year-olds that went on to do pretty good things. And uh, Nick Scully ran a pretty good race in his debut, you know, showed speed pretty much all the way. Uh, you know, he, he ducked out a little bit kind of in the stretch. I'm not really sure what was going on there. Uh, I'm going to go watch him train again tomorrow. But uh, you mentioned uh, Sambaye. Yeah, d- definitely a good trouble line. He ran really, really well in the in the Tremont. It was, he was rolling at the end. It was kind of a race kind of started to fall apart at the end, and he was kind of closing, and that was only a five-and-a-half. So they're going to go six. Uh, Todd also likes his other horse, uh, Lexitonian, who's a spice town. Who he, he does think has good speed. Maybe might be a horse that can go a little bit uh, further, stretching out. So he, he, he won going five. Uh, last time at Belmont, so he's going to stretch out to six in here, uh, and he likes him with with Johnny riding again. So uh, those are the three that I like. I guess the three on the inside, but uh, it's a pretty good race. I heard today that the horse number six, uh, Chase Greatness, uh, might scratch out of the race and wait for an allowance uh, later on down the road. So we'll stretch down to a field of seven uh, as of now, but uh, that could change. So uh, keep. Uh, Keep an eye out for any kind of changes. And the, you know, the horse on the outside, Mark Cassie's horse, uh, by violence, uh, ran a pretty fast number winning at Churchill last time. So uh, drew, drew well outside and, and should be a factor as well. All right, Tom, you're cutting out a little bit of me, uh, a little bit on me. So if you please put that tinfoil hat back on that you did for the first portion of the interview, that would be great. Um, again, we talked about weather. It looks like uh, we will be going on the turf for the Grade One Diana. Uh, that's on Saturday too. I kind of, I kind of like a raving beauty. And as, as talented as Chad Brown's other horse is, Sister Charlie, I think that she's her own worst enemy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Diana is a is a, always you know a really tough race, and, and but you know I, I'm a fan of Proctor's Ledge. Uh, she's a horse that was uh, two for two, ran two outstanding races here last summer. Uh, Brendan Walsh, an outstanding trainer. I think the only bad races on her form are, are races at Keeneland. I think she just doesn't really like Keeneland. But you know, like you said, Chad is going to be tough in here. I mean, he's got a very strong entry with uh, with those three. Sister Charlie, I think. I thought was probably best last time in the New York, but like you said, sometimes she's her own worst enemy with uh, having to come from so far out of it. I think maybe Proctor's Ledge gets Jose Ortiz. He's ridden her before. Maybe he's a little bit closer to the pace. Maybe he gets first run. Okay, well, I only got about a minute left, but I don't think it takes much more to handicap the coaching club, American Oaks, and this will be on Sunday, Tom. Uh, I hate to see a short field for a grade one that's offering up 300000 but let's face it, uh, Monomoy Girl probably scared a lot of horses out of the race, and Midnight Bees Bazoo, uh, it's hard to take anything away from that filly. Yeah, it's an outstanding, good uh, one-two showdown. You know, Midnight Bazoo was was supposed to be the one in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, you know, obviously didn't win that day. Monomoy Girl did. Uh, Monomoy Girl since came back and won the Acorn going a mile. I love the one mile, you know, going two turns and shortening up to one mile, then going back to two turns kind of move. I really like that. I think she'll be, you know, like you said, she will be a short price. That's, that's unfortunate for a big grade one. You know, you wish you had a, bit, a little bit bigger field, but she's clearly the horse to beat. Maybe it's, maybe it's one of those races where you just kind of sit back and applaud the the talent and applaud uh, maybe a good finish. But if you like a, if you like a potential upsetter, I mean you're going to get paid in there because you're going to have a big heavy favorite. 
All right, we've been talking with Tom Law from the Saratoga Special. Go to thisishorseracing.com, pull down the special. I want to thank Jonathan Littner uh, from Horse Racing Nation and Josh by Gosh, our great producer who keeps me in line. Remember, for any help you need with handicapping, you not only listen to this, but go to winningponies.com and pull down the easy win forms. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.